Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. I have Mark with me today. How's it going, Mark? Great, thanks. Cool. So today we're actually like talking about ourselves, which uh, we don't do that much in this podcast. We kind of like relate to our experience related to the topic. But today we're actually just going to talk about kind of like our favorite books and the things that shape the way we do things the most. So I personally have five books I'd like to recommend. How many do you have? I have a little bit more than five, but I'll, I'll pick my top five unless we run short in time. All right. And if you actually want to check out all these books, there are going to be links to Amazon if you want to buy them for Kindle or paperback or whatever. You can just go on authorityhacker.com slash 2121 and you'll be able to find the show notes. And there is going to be a link to all the books that we mentioned as well as a really short summary to remind you which one is which basically. And let's just get started right now. Just like pick a book and tell us about it. All right. I'm going to start off with my favorite book, my favorite book I've ever read. I read it about 10 years ago. It's called Adventure Capitalist, not Venture Capitalist. 10 years ago, I didn't speak English, by the way. Adventure Capitalist. (laughs) Venture Capitalist. Okay. Yeah. It's by a guy called Jim Rogers. Now, he's he's quite old now. He's about 60-something but he was he basically grew up in like some farm in Alabama and made it his own way and ended up going to Wall Street and he worked with uh I think it was George Soros or something on some big fund that he established made a ton of money and then retired when he was like 30 or something. He's an investor part-time but he he spends a lot of time traveling and now he has kids and he basically folks spends all his time raising his kids and stuff, uh, which he's actually written another book about. But this one specifically is actually his second travel book. And the book actually set the world record for the longest continuous road journey around the world. So he literally, he bought a yellow Mercedes and literally drove around the entire world. And I'm not just talking like the shortest point to the shortest point, but he literally did a a whole loop, like drove right around Africa. And he drove like right out through Asia and back through South Asia. You know, like he he really drove around the world. And it's fascinating because it is a travel book because you hear about all these cool experiences and like these driving through civil wars in Africa or just all this crazy stuff that happens along the way, as you would expect in such a road trip. But it's not that point that appeals to me. I, I, I like that, and it's certainly entertaining to, to read. But there's many travel books. Many people have done similar-ish kind of things. But it's the commentary he gives about the countries, which I find so interesting. He approaches it, it all as basically as an investor. And he talks about what's working in this country and what's not. So, for example, when he's in Turkey... He has a real problem getting some package delivered to him, which ends up being held for like 19 days in customs or something. Or when he's in Singapore, he's or Thailand, I think it was, he's trying to cash a check and it takes a month to clear. So like there's all these like little things, uh, little nuances that you wouldn't normally like notice or think about when you think about 
analyzing countries that just like he really is able to pick out all these things. And it's even little things like how entrepreneurial people are and how willing people are to sort of serve the needs of, of people that, that want them. And, you know, there's a classic example that I experienced when I think of all the time we spend in Asia and just how entrepreneurial people are out there, especially in China, actually, wherever people want to buy something, there will be plenty of sellers selling it. So whenever there's a thunderstorm, suddenly all these umbrella salesmen just appear out of nowhere. Yep. But I remember when I was in Ukraine, I was going to this football match and we had to walk for a long, long time. And there was just there was nobody selling beer along this path. And I thought, this was really odd. If this were in China, this would be be happening. So I mean, it's not gonna teach you how to make a great authority site. It's not like a tutorial book or anything, but it teaches you how to kind of like look at the world and view countries, compare countries, compare different parts and get a feel for how a country really is by looking at things other than GDP or GDP per capita or these sort of headline statistics, which don't really tell you the real story. So as someone who's traveled a lot, I found it super interesting and super insightful to, to sort of have this mentality approach when I, when I go somewhere. Probably develops your critical sense as well, which yeah. you need to do well anyway. Yeah, definitely. And many of the books which I'm, I'm in my list are actually about developing critical thinking. So yeah, I, I, I'm actually looking at your list and my list, and like all my my books are like very online marketing related, and yours are like not really. So I guess it's a good mix. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's so that's cool. That sounds. I could actually read that. I might actually grab it for Kindle. Okay, my first book is is a book I just finished actually. And it's called Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. And that is the guy that created ClickFunnels. And I'm probably going to do a review of ClickFunnels. I actually like it quite a lot. I think it's a great tool. But it is, it, it, what I like about this book is it's not per se a business book, at least not at the end. It's actually his story of how he was a kid and he signed up to all this direct mail stuff and learned marketing by just like signing up to all these crap advertising that everyone's trying to avoid like plague and then did the same about his first ad on a magazine and, and started doing that kind of stuff. And he starts with that, but then he actually gets a little bit technical and talks about how he runs his email list and talks about how he actually builds his funnels in his business and so on. He opens up quite a lot, like more than you would expect for a $10 Kindle book it's more like the quality of training that you would find in a in a thousand dollar training, the level at which he opens up on the second half of the book. And there's one concept that I really liked actually that relates directly to building authority sites. And he has this theory of the attractive character, which is kind of a persona thing. It's kind of building a persona around yourself. And and one thing that struck me as part of this theory that I think we're really bad at, but that podcast might actually help us solving a little bit, is that he explains that you shouldn't teach people, you should be telling stories to them to teach them. So he talks about parables, like, like in the Bible, like when they actually tell stories to explain concepts. Well, he actually said that as soon as he started implementing that, especially when he went to conferences and then you know, started including some demographics. So for example, at the beginning, he was talking about history. 
and he saw like mostly like white males that were like in their twenties to sign up for his products at the end. But then he started talking about some of his clients who are mommy bloggers and then all the moms in the in the room started coming signing up at the end and so on. And so it's something I really want to work on. It's like this kind of like storytelling thing to sell stuff. And I mean, do it in an ethical way, but I think it's, it's pretty cool. And I think the people that should read that are the people that are kind of interested in all this sales funnel stuff and customer lifetime value and kind of like building an online business based on these sales funnels, essentially. And especially for beginners, he actually explains everything from the start and it's not all just traffic and make a funnel and build a sales page, etc. There's a lot of like stories around. So uh, can I just interject there? If you were new to online marketing, like you, you, you know, you, you were just sort of like discovering it right now, would you say this is a book to read first? It would. I would probably read it twice if I was brand new. No, I mean, would this be like the first book you read, or would you? Would this? Would do you need to have like a basis and understanding? I think it's you... a good first book, yeah. But as I said, you would probably read it twice. There's there's things that would probably get over your head, and I, I don't think you'd necessarily be able to like deploy everything after reading it. But you'd have a a more firm idea of the overall framework of things running. So yeah, you can read it first. Most likely, you need to read it twice. And you'll definitely need more training on how to do stuff because it's a book. They don't actually show you like, oh, click here, do that, etc. But one thing that I actually took away, like one cool trick that I got from him is basically at some point he talks about the power of free. And it's like, he was like, oh, if you sell something for one cent and then you offer it for free, and it's just like, if you basically compare the sales between something that costs one cent and 99 cents and something, and it's like, you know, it's a, maybe you sell, sell 10 one cents for when you sell one 99 cents, right? And he was like, well, if you bring the price down by one cent for each item, so 98 cents and, and zero, then you get like a lot, a lot of takers for the zero for every one you get for the 98 cents. And basically that is how he puts the front end of all his funnels. He creates a free plus shipping. And so it's a bit of work because he actually prints the books he sells or whatever. And then he makes people pay for the shipping, but he frames the front end product as free and he puts his upsells behind. And basically, apparently I haven't tried it, but apparently it increased his sales by like 500 or 600% like off the bat that's basically what took him from a five figure to a seven figure yeah apparently so that's one cool trick you get from the book and there's many more actually so i highly recommend it cool your, your turn okay the next one i'm going to talk about is freakonomics it's, it's actually a series of books the first one's called freakonomics the second one's super freakonomics and there's another one think like a freak and the podcast is really really good too yeah i uh, highly recommend that as well by Stephen levitt and Stephen dubner so these guys have been around for quite a while now. I think it's maybe 15 years old or something for economics, the original one. But they're economists, but they apply sort of game theory and economic logic to real world situations. And it's just like absolutely fascinating how these things sort of turn out. One of them, which is kind of a particular like headline grabbing like theory they put out there, is that it's actually safer to drink drive than it is to walk home when you're drunk. Like you look at statistics and the amount of people who die when they walk home when they're drunk versus die when they 
drive home when they're drunk is much more. So <laughs> by that logic, it's safer and for less you, people. For you, maybe not this for is, others. No, no. This is overall okay. the n- total number of deaths. So even taking into account the guy who drives home drunk and plows through four kids, like counting all of that, it's still less people die if everyone drives home. Now, they're not presenting this as a, as a suggestion for a change in law or anything. They're just, you, all they are is, all they're doing is using data to give insight into situations which social norms dictate should be handled in a certain way. Yeah. So it's very, it's, I don't think it would be possible to change the law on this. I mean, this, there's so many questions you would ask. It's like, is it because people are so careful because they don't want to be get, to be caught drunk driving, and if you take the law away, then they're going to drive more carelessly when they're drunk, and it's going to kill more people. You know, there's so many questions that these sparks actually. Yeah, and they actually they address these kinds of secondary questions that come up in many of the the topics they discuss quite regularly. And they're again, they're not proposing this is what to do. All they're doing is they're saying here is some interesting data, and like look at what this actually shows. And so there's some really like awesome stuff, and it just teaches you again. This is another book. I, I guess that's a, a common theory, a common uh, link in all most of the books. I'm I'm going to recommend actually. They they teach you like incredible amount of critical thinking, and like really to analyze data very heavily, not to trust like what your first in- instincts would be, and to look at actual data. Which actually, when you're running an authority site, is is very useful because we've all had our theories about what would work and what wouldn't work. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's only data can really tell. It's something I actually said on the. On the, the, the recap of 2015, it's like, you know, we did these big keyword based blog posts, right? Mm. And the traffic is up, but the engagement is way down since we started doing these, you know? And, and that's why we're actually relaunching the podcast and doing all these other things because essentially it's one metric to look at traffic and it's the one that Google Analytics gives you. So it's kind of in your face all the time. But when you look actually critically at what we did, it's like we actually lost quite a bit of engagement in 2015. And it's the kind of critical sense that actually will help you kind of like steer the direction and also be willing to go against what seems obvious initially. So I think it's good. I I really love Freakonomics. And yeah, the podcast is really amazing too. I listen to it all the time, actually. Anything else on that? I mean, I could talk for hours about this, no, but no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think it's enough. <laughs> okay, so my second book is uh, going to be an other online marketing book. And after that, I'm kind of going to steer away from online marketing. But these two, they're really good, actually. And they're from two competitors of ours, actually. And But really, their Kindle books are really good. And this one is The Invisible Selling Machine by Ryan Dice. Ryan Dice is the guy who created digitalmarketer.com. And he basically, same as uh, .com Secrets a little bit, starts with a story about how he had a big tax bill and didn't have the money to pay for it. So he took his email list and tried to figure it out to actually pay for it. And within a few days, he made millions of dollars. That sounds a little too good to be true, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, I, I, there, there's where my critical sense kind of like tickles me. But the stuff he teaches after about email marketing, that's basically him opening up the way he runs email marketing. And one main cool thing that helped us a lot is the idea of segmenting your email list with free content. So people give you their email, 
but you don't know much about them when they give you their, e their email. You know their name maybe, you know their email address, and you know what they opted in for. So you know which lead magnet they opted in for. But people are not unidimensional. If, if you guys opted in for an SEO thing, you, know, you might still be interested in something we do about Facebook ads. But I have no idea at this point. And what Ryan does is he actually recommends that you take your email list and you offer more free stuff to them and you kind of like tag them to just based on what they actually go and download in terms of lead magnet or even check in terms of blog post, you start learning more about them and then putting relevant offers in front of them. So, you know, an example would be, I'm going to release, there's going to be a guest posting product coming up soon for Authority Hacker. And there's a good chance that I would probably put something in front. I would probably put, hey, download my guest posting templates to learn how to outreach properly for guest posting. And then I would follow that back up directly with a sales pitch for the guest posting product and then keep pushing the upsells, etc. And so if you are building any kind of email list, that is a really, really, really good book to check out. I mean, they have a product that costs like $2,000, but really all the principles for this $2,000 product are in this Kindle book that you can buy for $10. So it's really good money spent in terms of value for training. And one cool thing I learned from this book is, and something that I would probably not have done naturally, is that it's okay to email three, four, or five times about the same offer with a slightly different angle. And really, when you email your list, there's like 15 to 25% of people opening the email. So most people don't open the email, let alone even click the links. And so... Yeah, they really are quite aggressive on promoting offers multiple times when you qualify for one. And we've done that to great success, actually. A lot of times, you know, the sale comes from emails three, four, five, six, or whatever. So it made us a lot more aggressive. And in result, it increased our revenue from email quite a lot as well. I mean, you've read it as well. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic book. It's probably one of the best I've read in the sort of internet marketing space. And yeah, as you said, we base so much of what we do on that. It really changed a lot in our, our businesses, I think. Yeah, it's worth it for $10 Kindle book. It's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Your turn? Okay, so my next one is, it's actually, again, it's a number of books by the same guy, Malcolm Gladwell. Really is very, very popular author. A lot of people have, have read his books. That My top three are The Tipping Point, Outliers, and What the Dog Saw. They are, he, he's another one of these, he's not an economist, he's more like a sociologist maybe, or, but again, he uses a lot of like data points and human behavior to sort of analyze how groups of people behave in certain circumstances and how, not just groups, but how individuals behave as well, actually, in, in certain circumstances. And his books ha are basically a collection of short stories or short essays, I'm not, not quite sure, um, about specific situations, similar to how Freakonomics is, actually. So it's quite quite easy to read and like you, for short bursts of time, which is how I guess I like, I like to read my kind of style. But one of the key points, uh, key takeaways and the tipping point was this concept of, uh, in New York City, there was, um, they had a real problem with graffiti and like rundown neighborhoods and all this kind of stuff. And what they actually found is that when you had like one broken window in a street, the amount of graffiti and the amount increased, of like yeah. other damage increased like exponentially. It's because of this concept of the tipping point, like 
okay, this street has been a little bit wrecked, therefore it's okay to completely wreck it. That's kind of like the mentality going on here. So when we analyze this, there's a lot of a lot of similar like similar situations in in life that we can attribute this to. And there's another big example of I think it's like hush puppies, the type of shoe I believe, which is one of the other big examples like about how something gets popular. It's like when it reaches a certain critical mass, it's like it's it just explodes. Now, from a personal point of view, I always kind of think back to this like when we're launching a new website or starting a new business and it's like it needs to reach that critical mass, that like tipping point before it's like gains like legitimacy in my eyes and it's like an established thing if you will but because i'm aware of the only difference between like you know success and failure is which side of the tipping point you're on you can actually be very close much closer than you would think to getting there and 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 still not be so it just i guess for me like always i am always a lot more i try to distance myself emotionally from where i am in a project and not kind of become but too like emotionally involved in something and i like to look at it from a purely data data-driven point of view. So like a classic example is we were doing this project in like sort of August, September, and I was doing like really quite a lot of work to to make this bit happen. And then Gail was like, oh well, this is all a waste of time. We should do this instead. And like, like I was I like do. and I was like in the past, many times I've been like, oh fuck off. But <laughs> in this case, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Like straight away without even thinking of it. Because it's like just because I had that kind of data kind of driven mindset, I think. And I was, I was thinking kind of like not about myself involved in it, but like from an outside perspective. And that, that really helps. There's also a lot of really crazy stories in there about how things work. Like, have you ever wondered why there's only really one brand of ketchup that, that is available around the world that everyone eats Heinz? Yet there's like dozens of kinds of mayonnaise. And there's actually like a scientific reason for that and to do with like different taste tests and all this kind of stuff, which is in, I think that's in What the Dog Saw. So yeah, just another fascinating book for kind of depends. So it's a bunch of quick, interesting facts, essentially. Kind of, yeah. But it's again, it's another one of these things for, for like developing the way you think and yeah, perceive yeah. The, the world around you. Cool. I like it. I could check that out as well, actually. My next one is Delivering Happiness by Tony Say. I'm not sure how, if I say his name correctly, but he is the founder, not the founder, but the, he's been the iconic CEO of Zappos, the shoe company in the US. And they have been, it's basically his story from starting his first company, even as a kid, to being acquired by Amazon for, I think it was like $1.1 billion or something, a lot of money. And it's a pretty cool way of thinking and thinking of company, etc. It's pretty hard to put in practice what you will learn in a book, but it's it's kind of a feel-good entrepreneurship book, I would say. And I just like the idea of like becoming friends with your customers. And basically what the book really says is the product that you're selling is a commodity. What you need to deliver to your customers is you need to make them feel good about their experience. And it's very much something I tried to apply to Authority Hacker. I must say, I, I wanted to do that as an agency before, and we didn't do very good at that. Uh, we could have done a much better job, but on Authority Hacker, I find it actually much easier to do. And I can see a lot of people just feeling happy to be there. And that's part of 
because of the way I'm trying to like serve them. I hope to, I like to believe at least. I think like anyone that starts selling their own product and that has to deal with customer service and talking to their customers regularly should definitely read this book. It's just, uh, despite the fact that it's a story, there's a lot of like culture in Zappos where, where they go above and beyond on the customer service. And for example, one of the principles they have is that when you talk to your customer, when they are doing an order, what there's something like that coming on. Actually, they try to figure out what's wrong with the customer in their life and talk about that. And I'm actually able to do that a little bit when we sell Authority Hacker Pro as well. Like people go on the chat and I'm actually able to figure out about them, etc. talk to them. And eventually they, they don't just sign up, but the chances of staying a member and sticking around and, and so on. And actually, you know, I talk to a lot of members that join as well. I, I just call them up and stuff. And yeah, I actually find that as a company, I mean, our retention rate is amazing on Authority Hacker Pro. It's like 75% of the people that sign up never unsubscribed from the point we started the, the membership. So it's pretty good. And uh, yeah, a lot of the principles that we apply in, in terms of communicating with people on the Facebook group as well are coming from this book. So it, it's a story, so I'm not going to spoil the story, but basically... Zappos got really big just because they offer people to send them multiple sizes and free returns. And they might have been the the first one offering free return and so on. And so that is a pretty cool book if you're going to sell anything. I don't know if you read it, but... No, I actually started reading it when we back when we were in the office and we're looking at like, you know, company culture and all that. Yeah. But I kind of got dissuaded when it was like, yeah, first you need to make a shitload of money and then you need to implement this cool culture. It's so just I was like, like, yeah, it's just like when you sell your services, it's hard, I would say. Like, yeah. When you sell your time as a freelancer, basically as a consultancy of freelancer, it's pretty hard because it's already the product. Yeah. So it's like, well, this is expected. And so people don't value it as much, but on Authority Hacker Pro is different. Like I sell, I sell videos of us and a little bit of webinar time, but everything else is, is extra and seen as there's, extra value. There's another book similar to that I, I read called Secret Service, not about like the presidential yeah, yeah. bodyguard, but about like delivering like ridiculously good customer service in like a hair salon of all places that was particularly interesting. So that's also one to check out. Yeah, I definitely find this applying a lot more to what we're doing now than when we had an agency. Yeah, I agree. Product-based businesses are just completely different animal for customer services. For yeah. customer service. It's just like people actually value the time you give them out of the blue. Whereas, yeah, as I said, as a consultant, people would just expect it. Yeah. Highly recommended. Check it out. Okay, my next one is called The Wealthy Barber. It's by uh, Dave Chilton. It was I can't remember who recommended it to me. It was one of my friends, I think, did like a end of year post one year or something like that and and it was was in there so whoever you are thanks for recommending that but yeah fascinating book it tries to teach you about money and about saving money about investing and about basically all the things you have to do when you're young in order to be rich when you're old and it but it's not like a textbook do this it's do this do this it's told in the form of a story and it's basically about these two couples or like one and a half couples that like go to this barber to get a haircut once a month and the barber turns out to be super rich and he's teaching them all the the tricks as they go but it's kind of like they're learning but they're not learning kind of thing it basically it's a good way of teaching people something which is normally quite dry yeah but some of the principles in it are fantastic like 
just they I mean one of the first things they teach you is about the, this concept of compound interest so like when you start making interest on some savings it may not seem much to earn six seven percent in a year but actually when you start compounding that over 30 years it really starts to add up like seriously significantly and there's other things like just setting up little things so 10 percent of whatever you make should always get put into like a savings account immediately before anything else and tips and tricks like this there's also a big section on like buying your first house and property investing and this kind of stuff which you know it's not for everyone and when i started reading it i wasn't even thinking about that but you know i'm actually looking at doing something like that in not too distant future now so it's been really helpful from from that point of view just giving a I, I guess like a, a seasoned and insightful guidance into how to manage your money and how to to I need to read that, plan things. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never been like an idiot. I've never had credit card debt or anything like that, so I didn't have any problems like that. But I've never tended to save much money at all, really, until until I started reading this book. So, yeah, I need to read that book. I think. <laughs> yeah it's awesome it's, it's, really it's actually like it's the one thing that I've, i haven't figured out in my life is like personal finance at this point i'm just yeah. worrying about making more money at this point yeah um, but i'll tell you for free it does not advise you to keep a hundred percent of your money <laughs> your current bank account really no interest so really <laughs> uh, that sounded like a good idea but could like then you know <laughs> No, it's just something I just didn't figure out in my life, to be honest. Um, but but I will I will check it out now. I'm actually buying this book just after this. Yeah, it's uh, not super complicated either, you know. No, I think it's just a matter of sitting down and and actually thinking about it, you know. Yeah. But anyway, let's just jump to my next book, which is going to be a pretty classic one for marketing, influenced by Robert Cialdini, where Robert Cialdini essentially spent, I think, over 10 years studying the principles of influence. And, you know, he hang out with salespeople, with politicians, with anyone that is convincing you for a job and try to break down exactly what they were doing, the principle, what tricks they were using, essentially. And the book is basically broken down per principle of influence. And there's seven, and don't ask me to say it, to tell all of them, but I'm going to talk about a few of them. And... Then he basically talks about how he discovered each little sub subtlety of it through one of his experiments or one of his contacts and so on. And really, this book puts a lot of core marketing principles in my head, like help me understand basics like scarcity. And we have a podcast on scarcity coming up soon. And it, it you understand what it does. It's like people actually want what they can't buy. And they give you examples of that. And they tell you how second-hand car uh, salesmen are using these to trick people into buying cars they, they don't they probably don't want same it talks about social proof and how politicians use that a lot to actually win elections and so on so there's a lot of like cool base core principles and you know anyone that is going to do any kind of marketing i think should read that if you're a student and you're doing marketing this is actually better than all the marketing classes i've taken together this one book so yeah it's not necessarily the the most fun read, like the, the facts and the studies, they're interesting, but they're not always super, super fun. But you'll learn a ton. And it's almost like when we start doing a sales page or something, I, I go back to these principles of influence and I just like go through a checklist. And I'm like, oh, did I use this check? Did I use this check, etc. So it's 
it's definitely a golden standard. And I'm going to give you one cool trick that I learned from it that I think is, is cool. And the, the experiment was that people were queuing to do photocopies like with a Xerox, like good old school photocopies. And there was a queue of like five, six people. And then they sent a guy to try and get a copy and get in front of the queue. And so if you, if the guy went to and said, can I go in front of you? Do my copy in front of you? Like something like four out of five people would say no. And then when the guy said, hey, can I get in front of you because I need to do some copies? Then there's like 81% more people that said yes or something. And that's just for using the word because and given a token reason. So whenever you ask for something, always give a token reason. Even if it's a bullshit one, it actually increases the yes by a lot. So that's the kind of cool tricks you're going to learn in this book. I, I think it's it's a good one. I don't know if you Cool. It's, I've read most most like self-help books out there well most of the main ones but it's this is actually the one like big one i've never read so i'll have to check that out at some point i think we're the ones that are gonna buy the most books out of this podcast i think (laughs) (laughs) well make sure you buy it through our affiliate links (laughs) okay my last one is one i read really recently it's called mindless eating and i can't actually remember the i'm just googling it now uh the author name it's by Brian One Onesink. He's basically this like food scientist or, or nutritionist or not nutritionist, food scientist is a better way. And he works at a university in the US and they actually have this fake restaurant. Well, it's a real restaurant, but people go there to eat and they don't know they're taking part in scientific experiments the whole time. So for example, one day they will give half of the restaurant one size of plate and the other half a slightly smaller size of plate. And then every table has like a set of scales built into the, the where the plates are, like which is completely hidden. And they measure how much food is left over at the end of each like sort of set of people. And it's all done like very scientifically. You know, there's lots of like university students working on it and, and, and even like big food companies sometimes pay to, to have, have studies done. But they find like fascinating things. So if you have a smaller plate, you eat on average like 28% less food throughout the meal. And this is when the same amount of food is like given to you. And then there's another one where they actually have bottomless soup bowls. So they have like different people are given different bowls and they look the same, except one of them is just a normal bowl and you eat the soup, it's gone. The other one has like a small hose at the bottom of it and it keeps refilling so you can never finish it. And those people ate something like 60% more soup than the people who, who didn't. So this is just two of like 500 different examples of this kind of thing. But it just goes to show you like how much your subconscious really has control over many of the actions you do and like how little you're actually aware of some of the actions you take, specifically around food, which is something which, you know, is like a real big issue in the US, especially right now with like the obesity epidemic. And also quite interesting for me to know these things running a health site. So yeah, it's just, I thought it was again, very interesting. Uh, It's one of these things that teaches you more about how you operate in the world and like things that you don't really think about. Or I think it can inspire you some twisted online marketing stuff as well, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think some stuff's going to spark out of that. Cool. Anything else about this book? No. Okay. So my last one, 
is going to be, and this is the last one of the list, I think so, right? Yep. We yeah. maybe, I mean, we had a lot more, so we maybe do like a part two of this in the future at some point. Yeah, I think 10 books for people is enough uh, for now. <laughs> so my last one is a productivity book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And David Allen is like a productivity coach. And he teaches like super high level executives to be more productive and claim that time back. The kind of people that is always on their emails and they're always saying they're busy and stuff. He he helps people getting more organized. And I mean, especially running bigger sites with a lot of uh, campaigns running in parallel and stuff. I find my list of tasks to be very, very long now. And Mark can testify. I used to be terrible at organizing anything come on i mean terrible is too nice of a word <laughs> like you would literally send me an email and there is zero chance you would get a reply you don't get a reply every time when you email me now but that's because i get way more emails now but it's like yeah that was crazy now uh, and this book is probably one of the main reasons why i'm a little bit more organized and so if you ever say you're busy more than five times every day, then you probably should check it out. And I'm just going to wrap it up. And there's a lot of like, there's a whole system, like getting things done uh, is a whole system. But there's one little thing I'm going to teach you about that system. And that's the inbox system. And the idea is that we always keep what we have to do in our heads. We always remember what we have to do or we think we do. And then we forget and it falls off and you don't follow back. And that's how you become an unreliable person. And so there's this concept of the inbox to-do list where you just write down what you have to do whenever it comes your way and you just write it down. And then you can forget about it. And then once a day or once a week, you actually go back to this inbox and you actually organize these tasks and you put them in projects, you put them in tags, etc. But most importantly, you say when you're going to get them done, you put a, a deadline on it. And if you use any modern task service like Asana, like you know, Todoist, that kind of stuff, then these things are actually going to remind you when you are due to do stuff. And so they act a little bit like, you know, your personal day planner because you start having all these deadlines kicks in and all you have to do is wake up and go through the list of things you have to actually finish today and get them done. And then you become an actually reliable person. So that is like one little part of that whole system. But I think just that can change your life and change the life of everyone that works with you. So that's how I'm going to close on this. Uh, Getting Things Done by David Allen is pretty good. Yeah, if you want to check links to all these books, go on authorityhacker.com slash 21. And there is going to be a link to every single book with a short summary so you know which one is which. And we hope that you pick up one or two of these and get a little bit wiser from these. Guys, thank you for listening. Have a good day and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.